Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Transformation for Success show. I am so excited today. Yes, it is Tuesday, and we have a young man on the show today that I met about a year ago at a women's conference, and of all things, and this young man was there, and we had a chance to talk. So I'm excited today to have Mr. Joss Tillard Gates as my guest. I want to share just a little bit about Josh before I introduce him. Josh is from Kansas City, Missouri. He graduated from college with a BA in political science from the University of Connecticut. He was a member of the football team that won the first conference championship in school history. Upon graduation, sometime later, he moved to California where he worked on a construction management certificate, which he received. But then he took a turn and entered law school with a scholarship as a member of its presidential honor society. He also went to the Western State College of Law and began working as a student intern for the chairman of the Board of Equalization in California. One of the things that Josh has done, and we're going to talk about today, is his life story and how he founded a nonprofit based in Kansas City and progressed from being an intern to now legislative director. So it is my delight to introduce Mr. Josh Tillard Gates. To, who's going to speak to you from his heart and share his transformational journey today and how he helped to form Bridge Society Incorporated. So stay tuned. You're going to hear more about this incredible young man that I met who speaks the truth. I was so impressed with him. So, Josh, hello and welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for that introduction. I'm very happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you, Josh. And, you know, one of the things um, that I learned about you, you know, is that you have a very impressive background, like you made a lot of moves and a lot of changes, like a lot of us have done. And so I want you to just share a little bit about yourself, your background. And, and of course, I just introduced you as a Kansas City, Missouri young man. So what was it like growing up in Missouri? Okay, um... So growing up in Kansas City is, you know, a lot different than growing up in California. No beaches for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but my my mother was very, very hardworking. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in a family business, uh, the restaurant industry. And mm-hmm. if anybody's familiar with the restaurant industry, they know that um, there's essentially no day off. Restaurants open seven days a week. A lot of them are open on holidays. And in fact, the only day that, our family's restaurant is closed. It's Christmas Day itself. Um, oh, wow. Even open on Thanksgiving. So, mm-hmm. you know, my mother was always working, but one thing uh, that she did do was instill work ethic in, you know, myself and my sister. Mm-hmm. And that was really important for her. So, you know, growing up in Kansas City over the summers, she would uh, wake us up over the summer. You know, we, if we weren't in a summer school program or, you know, had didn't go to practice for a sport or an instrument or a camp, she would drop me and my sister off at the local Kansas City library. Okay. Drop us off at the library at about 9 a.m., go to work, and then our grandmother would pick us up about 3 p.m. And by the end of the week, my mother would expect a book report. Um, We should have had our summer reading for school done and all sorts of things. So it wasn't just, you know, drop off to the library and kind of have some fun and play with the computer. No, no, no. It was it was actively reading, actively learning, actively working on something, um, you know, year round. And that and that well, doesn't change to this day. <laughs> well, it sounds like your mother was very, very smart. Was she where did she get that from? Maybe from her mother, because she certainly had you guys, you know, on the right road and reading and in a library. You know, that is a bit unusual. So what do you what do you yes. think? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I would say is that she probably got that work ethic from her father, uh, mm-hmm. which is my grandfather. And he's 
um, and his father probably instilled in him a work ethic. And his father actually, you know, founded the restaurant. And my grandfather has has grown and scaled the restaurant. And you know, he's one of the he's one of the most hardest. Uh, is one of the hardest working people that I know personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a testament to that. Uh, my grandfather is. You know, I probably should know his exact age, but he's my grandfather's about eighty-five years old, and recently he um, he's in the commercial real estate, and he had a development going up probably a couple of summers ago, mm-hmm. and you know, on on Wednesdays and Thursdays he would actually go over with the construction crew and lay bricks. Wow, at his because age, that's who he is, and that's how invested he is. And so I'm positive that my mother, you know, got her work ethic Mm -hmm. and her attitude from her father. But, you know, Josh, I I, I suspect you have that same attitude and uh, work ethic because I I met you, remember? And and I know that you impressed me as a young man on the move. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, too, was to really highlight uh, African-American males who are actually doing something and what a legacy that you come from. And growing up in Missouri, I grew up in Muskogee, which uh, Oklahoma is Midwest. So yeah. the Midwestern influence is quite a bit different from the Southern influence and also, you know, the Californian uh, influence. One of the things that you um, spoke about was that your uh, you had a mother, you had a grandmother, so and then you had a grandfather. So you had the influence of having those gener- that generational support. What can you say about how that impacted your life? You, you mom dropped you off, but grandmother picked you up. So what do you say about the influence that your grandmother had in the life of you and your sister? You know, my grandmother was a very, very strong influence in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, she really, really puts family first Mm -hmm. and she makes and continues to make tons of sacrifices for everybody. And the Mm -hmm. lesson that I learned and that my sister learned and that our cousins have learned is that, you know, take, you you have to take care of home first. Mm -hmm. And that is Mm -hmm. really, really important for us. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, most of my family actually works in the family business. And I, I do not. I do not live in Kansas City anymore. I work for the state government. Um, mm-hmm. But whenever I go home, I'm I'm actively involved. And even out here, you know, if there are things that I need to do from California, mm-hmm. I do those mm-hmm. things. And I think my grandmother really, really instilled that in all of us. There's a really big sense of community. I think that's great. One of the things, too, it's remarkable because... You you speak about your your uh, your journey uh, as a youngster that it was extremely well rounded, and I want the listeners to know uh, what you mean by well rounded. Well, in, in terms of you know my my upbringing being very mm-hmm. well rounded, you know my my family. Is has worked hard, and my grandfather's mm-hmm. worked hard, and he's put us mm-hmm. in a position uh, to where we don't have uh, some of the financial concerns that other people may have. Okay, okay. But he never, he never let that um, stick. He never let that essentially shape our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody mm-hmm. always had to work, whether you're working mm-hmm. your schoolwork, your extracurriculars, mm-hmm. or actually getting mm-hmm. a job and getting a paycheck. Everybody in my family works, and you know, we work to make sure that everybody's comfortable and we work to make sure that we can, we can help other people. And, mm-hmm. you know, going back to that well-roundedness, you know, I can remember on Christmases, it, um, I remember one Christmas in particular. I, I, you know, and these are things that I actually asked for on my Christmas list. I probably asked for, you know, a Sega Genesis, which was the game console and this mm-hmm. and, that and some other toys. And, and one of my friends came over and he actually, you know, spent Christmas morning with my family. And my mm-hmm. mother told me, she said, hey, give him five of your gifts. And, oh, how nice. You know, when you're, <laughs> when you're, you know, when you're 10, 11 years old and it's Christmas morning <laughs> and you don't even get, you don't even get the, your gift. You know what I mean? You immediately mm-hmm. give it away. When you're 11 years old, you're thinking to yourself, okay, why am I giving away my gifts? Like, I get it. Like, he's my friend, but these are my gifts. You know, and <laughs> right. Strange and strangely enough, 
that was one of my best friends, and he passed away before oh, next my. Christmas. And oh, my no. mother always reminds me, what if I had never done that? Oh, wow. What an experience. How did that shape you in a way? Because that at 11 years old, how did that shape you, Joss, for giving? Because I'm suspecting you are a giver as a result of that. I, I am. And <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's because my, my family always made it a point to give. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that it helped that the schools that I went to had a, had a, a service-oriented type of background. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the schools I went to were very, you know, you always had to have too many service hours. My, the high school that I went to actually requires graduating seniors to complete a senior service project. So mm-hmm. when you come back for your second semester after your winter break, you actually don't even come back to the school campus. You go volunteer at an approved site for six weeks. Wow. And you report there so, every day. You don't go to class. You, don't, you just report mm-hmm. and, you, and you complete your service experience there. And so I, I think that giving back is, is really important mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, it's the rent that we pay for, for life on earth, essentially. That's the way I feel about it. Well, it's great that you learned that at a very early age because, uh, you know, I'm not sure that a lot of people share that same concept. It takes a lot sometimes of hard knocks and things for people to realize that the whole life is about service, it's about giving back. But uh, obviously, you learned that very, very at a very young age. Now, I'm curious about what did you do for six weeks? What was your 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 uh, project that you did? Okay, so um, I actually... Uh, I signed up to work at a school with a few of my friends, so I'm actually still friends with to this day. And mm-hmm. we worked, it was an alternative school in Kansas City. Um, it was attached to the local Boys and Girls Club in kind mm-hmm. of an urban area. And this was a school for students, it was a middle school, for students had that, that had been essentially removed from every other public school in the area. Wow. So whether it was for some sort of, learning disability or whether it was mm-hmm. disciplinary reasons, they had essentially, you know, they had been out of school one, school two, school three. This is essentially the final stop. Mm-hmm. And spending the time there over six weeks, mm-hmm. you you get an experience to see the environment mm-hmm. that, that other people uh, deal with on a daily basis. You get to see um, some of the strengths, some of the weaknesses, you know, the things mm-hmm. you're proud of, the insecurities. And it it really makes a difference. And when you finish it, you know, when, when you first get there, a lot of the kids, you know, they don't want anything to do with you. You know, you're kind of a, you're the weird high school student and they're the cool middle schooler. But at the end of it, you mm-hmm. really get a sense that they appreciated the time. Wow. You know, I, I'm really impressed with that, too, because and, and what I just sparked in me was, do you believe that that was the seed that was planted in you that sparked what you did in founding in founding the Bridge Society? I certainly believe that that had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I know that I know the exact moment that kind of triggered the actual you know, business of it, the incorporation mm-hmm. and the formation of it. Mm-hmm. But certainly that had, that had something to do with it. You know, I, I volunteered with, you know, the 4-H club in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I've worked at the boys club. I've, I've done a lot of summer programs. That all had something to do with it. Um, but in, in sparking the actual nonprofit that I founded, mm-hmm. you know, I, I used to, Driving in L.A., I would drive on the one-on-one, and I would get off on the one-on-one in Western and mm-hmm. go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not every time, but more than half the time I get off the highway, mm-hmm. there was a young, a young male on the side of the road mm-hmm. sign that said, mm-hmm. you know, poor, need some money, whatever the sign said. And it hit me, and every time I saw it, I would think, you're young, and you mm-hmm. seem to be able-bodied. Mm-hmm. And I would think every time I saw him, how did you end up here? Like, how did you end up here? What's the problem? Right. What's the right. Problem? And one day I, I saw him and it, it, I just called a friend of mine who actually was a co-founder, uh, you know, one of my best friends. I called him mm-hmm. and I said, listen, 
you and I, you know, are not from Los Angeles. We both moved here. We both started in one place. We've risen to another. What was so different? What did we and have I, that everybody else doesn't? And Josh, I'm going to let you hold that thought because we're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to be right back. And we want to know what you and your friend did. So listeners, stay tuned. And I'll be right back with my guest, Josh Tillard Gates. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, hello and welcome back. With my guest today, Mr. Joss Tillard Gates, a Kansas City, Missouri native who is sharing his transformational journey. He is now, he moved from being an intern to a legislative director now. And he is absolutely marvelous in sharing his story. And Josh, thank you so much for sharing. And when we went on break, you were talking about how you saw a young man consistently by the side of the road when you would make an exit off the freeway and you'd see him standing there looking and ask, asking, I'm sure, for money. And you decided, where, why did he get there or how did he get there? And you called a friend. So tell us what happened when you call your friend. Right. So, you know, I get on the phone, call a friend of mine, and we just start going back and forth. And you know, I probably had to vent for a little bit about why he would be there and not working. Then I had to take, probably take a step back and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. He probably, you know, had these sorts of barriers in his life. But mm-hmm. as my friend just discussed and as we talked about it, because we have similar backgrounds but different. He's from Rome, Georgia, mm-hmm. really rural town. But mm-hmm. he also played college football. He went to the University of Notre Dame. We met in L.A. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. As we talked about it, the thing that stood out the most for us is that we had guidance, mm-hmm. whether it ha- whether it was mentors, coaches, mm-hmm. or just people to look up to, or people to mm-hmm. just say, this is right and this is wrong. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. had that guidance. We had people in our lives that if they saw us going down the wrong path, mm-hmm. they would pull us back. Mm-hmm. And we we decided that and, and as the more we explored the idea, we really determined that a lot of young males today don't have that same guidance. Mm-hmm. That is so true. That is so true. Um, so in, in, in speaking this, what, who, were there mentors in your life that helped uh, to shape your destiny? 
like coach, because you talk about them. Did you have someone that I call it speaking into your life and people who being able to tell you the truth and be able to speak to you and tell you when you are wrong? You said that. So were there people like that in your life? Yes. Uh, those people were in my life in, in many, in many ways. Um, a lot of them were coaches. Mm-hmm. A lot of my coaches, you know, instilled, you know, giving given mm-hmm. 100% working hard for things, you know, mm-hmm. getting up after you've been knocked down. Mm-hmm. And my my family really instilled, you know, the determination, mm-hmm. the perseverance. And I was always able to look, and I, I'm so thankful for this, I was always able to look at my grandfather as mm-hmm. an example of, mm-hmm. you know, how how I should be progressing through life. You know, my mother was a single mother, so I didn't grow up with a father in the home. But, mm-hmm. you know, between all the cultures that I spent a lot of time with and being able to see somebody close proximity that was in my family, that that really helped along the way for me. And that is, I mean, and that's marvelous, too, for you, because and, and it's, you know, one of the things that inspired me when I first met you was that you were giving back. You, you know, you're not some people will move on and say, well, let everybody else get what they can. Uh, I had it hard. And, and so, but you with a single mom, but you had a family of support supporters, obviously uh, to help you. And then you had the coaches and people who spoke into your life and really, and the influence of a grandfather. I mean, that father figure is so important. Don't you think for many males and maybe that young man by the side of the road didn't have the benefit of that. Yes, I, I totally agree. And, after we founded the organization and, you know, we went through initial growing pains and then we, you know, we, we gathered a group of young men and we were able to meet consistently and conduct our workshops. You really realize how important that is, especially mm-hmm. for young men that grow up in a single, you know, parent home where that single mm-hmm. parent is the mother. Mm-hmm. You know, interestingly enough, my co-founder grew up in a single parent home, but the single parent he had was his father. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he speaks to his father almost every day. They have a bond that, you know, is admirable. Um, but for a lot of these young males, they have a lot of questions that they don't know how to ask a mother. Or, you know, they have experiences that a mm-hmm. mother perhaps has never experienced. Well, of the course. Of being yeah. a male. Right. So right. The, all of those things are very, very important. Now, Josh, one of the things I know about you, too, uh, I'm going to segue just a little bit into this personally. You you have changed uh, your occupation several times, and you you've moved on from various relationships. What what were you looking for? Describe some of these experiences because we know life is not always a bowl of cherries, and that we do have challenges. Uh, were some of these when you're changing occupations? Was it a result of challenges you faced, or was it that you discovered what you want to share? Yes. So, mm-hmm. in, in terms of in terms of occupation, mm-hmm. I've and I, and I as I look at my resume every now and again, I realize that it is varied and it is ranging, mm-hmm. and that is because of two things. I think one. Mm-hmm. I've, I've managed to have a goal and I have to work towards that goal. And so the things mm-hmm. that I do, I want to put myself in position for the, for my main end goal. But the other uh-huh. thing is I understand that there are processes mm-hmm. and when you're going through processes, you can't be too proud to work and do certain things um, because that could potentially block you from reaching mm-hmm. your goal. So okay. when I, when I graduated from undergrad and I moved to Los Angeles from Connecticut, I was, um, I was going, getting my construction management certificate at UCLA, but mm-hmm. I, was also, I also needed to work. Mm-hmm. And so I was working at Hertz Rental Car. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never aspired to own, I mean, or to franchise a location or to manage a rental car facility. I think it's a great company, but that was never my dream. But mm-hmm. I knew I needed to pay the bills and pay the rent. Right. And for me, I would have worked anywhere that would have hired me during that period of time mm-hmm. so I could take care of my responsibilities because I knew I was in that process. Right. And um, when I worked at Hertz, actually, I used to work 
about, I'll work 13 days in a row and then get a day off because that location was open seven days a week. So I would work mm-hmm. Monday through Sunday and the following week I would work Monday through Saturday. And wow. I would work so many hours that when my paycheck came in to the office, there would be a note, you know, for the manager saying, you know, this employee works too many hours, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just, that was just what I knew that I was in that process. Mm-hmm. And then when I eventually left that job, I actually had a, a decent job that had decent growth. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I was actually dating a young lady at the time who, you know, didn't understand why I wanted to move on from that job. Mm-hmm. But for the things that I wanted out of my life, the ceiling for that job was too low. Okay. And I don't have, don't have any problem with the company, never did. But it was, you know, one, one, another thing that my family always put in my mind is that nobody else is going to make your dreams come true for you. Mm-hmm. So if you want it, you have to work for it, and you probably have to sacrifice for it, and it probably involves some risk. So that is true. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of holding on to this job where I knew after a few years, you know, I would probably be doing a lot better than a few years after that doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was going to plateau, you know, while I was in my 30s. And I didn't want to do that and be doing the same thing from, you know, 35 to retirement. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I decided to leave that position and go to law school. And then when you going back to law school, I realize I'm in a process again. So because I'm in this process, law school is the most important thing, but there are other things that I'm responsible for. Well, I had Mm -hmm. to get a job while I was in law school. (laughs) You know, the interesting thing about law school is that you're only allowed to work 20 hours per week as a full-time student. The American Bar Association caps you at 20 hours a week. Right. So, you know, in in your first year... Mm-hmm. You don't even, uh, you're, you're really not even qualified to work in an office, in, in an illegal office, at least not doing anything substantively. Mm-hmm. So my first year in law school, I worked at the Gap. It was mm-hmm. a fun job. It was fine. I could only work 20 hours per week, so, you know, didn't make much, but it covered the things that I needed it to cover. Mm-hmm. And then after law school, I mean, or I guess after that first year, is when I took the internship position with the state of California and mm-hmm. have managed to um, grow in that role to the role I'm mm-hmm. in now. That's great. So what, what did you think was the, the, the defining moment when you, when you looked at things and you said, you know what, they're not going the way I'm planning them and I'm going to have to do something. Was that uh, with the Avis rental car or did this happen later? And you said, this is it. I, I've got to make a change. You know, it, it mm-hmm. happened. It happened when I was working at Hertz Rental Car. The okay. co-founder of the nonprofit. Funny thing is, he moved to LA about the same time I did. We we found this out later. Mm-hmm. We moved to LA about the same time. I was living with a cousin. He was living with uh, some family, and he came in and he was working at Hertz Rental Car, and I had been working there for a few months before him. He probably only worked there for about six or seven months and he left mm-hmm. and he probably, he got a, he got a much better position with another company and he probably doubled his salary right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being, being the competitor that I am, <laughs> I, I, we would discuss this. And I said to myself, okay, well, I'm still getting, finishing this academic program. He's not, I get that. I, I want to go in another direction. That's mm-hmm. not really my interest. I get that. But he was able to come in here, learn what he needed to learn, and then leave. And, and move then, on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And move on. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I realized that I needed to make sure that I was also putting myself in a position to grow, mm-hmm. leave, and move on. Because I knew that that wasn't going to be it mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I can say something um, that I admire you for that because I think some people can get in jobs and maybe get tunnel vision in the sense of this is it and maybe I'll make the best of this uh, because it's being a high risk taker and saying I'm going to go and then go into law school, uh, which is quite a jump, uh, and then working 20 hours a week. 
Uh, it's a sacrifice, but not everybody has that, Josh, uh, to be able to do that. And you know that, I'm sure. And maybe a part of this to that you'll be taking to in uh, to inspire other young men and women who will find a defining moment in their lives to take a turn in another direction rather than settling for something less than what God has planned for you. So what has been one of your finest moments? <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> that, that's a really difficult question, but I will say this. when I, The day I graduated from law school mm-hmm. was... Um, that was that was one of the finer moments in my life, and only because um, my my mother was able to attend, my sister, my my grandmother, aunts, uncles, my father, cousins, and my my actually uh, my my fiance. So all of the people that were able or that sacrificed uh, at some point for my benefit, were able to see that that sacrifice didn't go to waste. I am so and that's, excited. And that's, a, and that's a really big thing for me. It is. And that's wonderful for you to share that. And I'm glad that your supporters and family and friends were there to see you make that accomplishment. You know, Josh, one of the things that I you know, thought I'd ask you today, too, is that with, the, with this law school degree, and now you are legislative uh, director um, for the state of California and the Board of Equalization, what do you think, where do you see yourself five years from now? Um, five years from now, let's see, let's kind of do the math here. Well, I know you got um, goals. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got goals, Josh. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yes. Um, five years from now, uh, professionally, mm-hmm. I would like to have, um, well, there are two things that I'm working on now. So in five years, I need them to be running very well and very smoothly. Um, mm-hmm. And these are in addition to the nonprofit. So five years professionally, I would like for my nonprofit to be thriving to be scaling, and I would mm-hmm. actually like to be—I would like to be removed from kind of the day-to-day manage. I wanted it—I wanted to be self-sufficient. I wanted okay. to be moving like clockwork in five years. I would also like for the two consulting firms that I'm actually working on to be thriving as well, and to be growing, and to be finding a a niche in their respective markets. Um, so I have—I have. I have those sorts of entrepreneurial goals um, professionally because it's really important that I have a foundation that uh, eventually my children can come into. I think that's I'd also, in five mm-hmm. years personally, I would like to, you know, be happily married and have a home somewhere mm-hmm. nice and, and really just be, I would like to be enjoying the work that I do every day and I would like to be in a position to still give, whether, you know, hopefully time and resources, mm. but definitely you, be in a position to give. I think that's great. Have you ever put this down in writing? I'm sure you have. I have, actually. Okay, great. All <laughs> right. <laughs> because I know that you are a faith walker and not just a faith talker. So I found we have to be faith writers <laughs> as I, well. I agree. Oh, now, I want to get back to the nonprofit foundation because we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to know what uh, what are some of the things that you have discovered in Bridge Society, and it addresses males, I do know that, and to help these young men to be successful. What do you think are some of the tools that you think have been useful in helping these young men who are seeking success, but they don't know how or where to turn I need you to tell me that in about a minute and a half. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Okay. The most important thing that I realized is exposure. Mm-hmm. Young men, I think young people everywhere, but especially young men, they need exposure. They need to be exposed to people that have accomplished things that they didn't think that they could accomplish. Mm-hmm. They need to be exposed to places they never thought they would really ever go. They need to be exposed to settings that they've never been in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And being a young man is uncomfortable already. 
being a young person is uncomfortable. You're growing. You're figuring out who you, who you are. But one, they need to be exposed to all those new experiences because that is the time to be uncomfortable so that in 10, 15 years, they are very comfortable in the settings that they are in. I, I feel like I that's one of the most important things. I think that is so wonderful. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about uh, some of the challenges you might have had in starting this nonprofit, a little bit more about the young men, where do they come from, how do they get involved, how can the communities get involved. So, listeners, we're going to be right back with my guest today, Mr. Joss Tillard Gates. I call him a man on the move. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, and welcome back with my guest today, Mr. Joss Tillard Gates, a Kansas City, Missouri native, and he is absolutely fascinating today in sharing his transformational journey, which he has said has been very well-rounded, so to speak. But yes, he has a very interesting background. So if you missed the first part of the show, you can always download this show at a later time. But one of the things we're talking about with Josh is the Bridge uh, Society Incorporated, which is a national organization, nonprofit, that helps young men. And it is my belief that Josh, you were destined to start and, and to help found the Bridge Society in Kansas that is, that is this nonprofit. So I want to uh, have you address where, where, where did the, you know, the founders or where was this really uh, begun? Who started this and why? Okay. So um, after the conversation that I had with the co-founder at the time, mm-hmm. we um, – we sat down, we went back to his place, we just sat down on the couch, and, you know, we, the conversation continued, and then I said, listen, all right, we've got to start writing this down. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him, and I said, "Are you? do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, we have to do this. And I said, sounds mm-hmm. great. So I took out a notebook, and we just started writing it down. What do we want to accomplish? What is our goal? What is our mission? What is our vision? You know, what... What kind of uh, what kind of young males are we looking to impact? Mm-hmm. And you know, we went through that process over and over and over again, and that's that's really where it started. And mm-hmm. um, as it as it formed, and when we actually started hosting our groups, uh, we actually had a wide range of students. You know, mm-hmm. public school students, private school students, um, eighth grade through high school, mm-hmm. some at higher levels than others. But mm-hmm. everybody had a desire, and that was mm-hmm. important for us. Everybody, everybody there was was insecure in some areas. Everybody there had questions. Everybody there mm-hmm. didn't, didn't exactly know what they wanted to do or where they were going with their life. But everybody wanted to to be successful on their own terms. Wow! And that now, desire is so important. 
it is important. Did you did you recruit them uh, through applications, or you got the word out and and students applied for um, this nonprofit? Well, we actually uh, we actually partnered with the Urban League of Greater Kansas City initially. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then as word of mouth spread, then mm-hmm. we just started attracting more students. Okay. That's now um, some of the the workshops that you have. What do they involve? Uh, that you give to these young men? Okay, so all of the workshops are an hour in length, and they range mm-hmm. anywhere from how to tie a tie and a bow tie to uh, mm-hmm. personal branding to mm-hmm. personal uh, savings and finance and, and uh, managing your, your money. Um, one of the lessons that I conducted myself early on in Kansas City was essentially having a plan for your life and writing down your goals and the importance of doing such things. And I brought in a, uh, a startup clothing line in Kansas City at the time to, to pretty wow. much give their story. Uh-huh. And this was in 2013. Mm-hmm. And that clothing line just opened up its flagship location in Kansas City about a month ago. Oh, that's wonderful. So, wow. you know... I'm, I'm I'm happy it worked out for both the brand and I'm happy the students in the mm-hmm. program actually got to see somebody tell them, hey, we meet every Tuesday and every Thursday, no matter what, this is what we do. And we have these goals and no matter what, these are the goals we want to accomplish. And actually they stuck to it and they've been able to grow their business to actually having a brick and mortar location within uh, within a few years. Now I have a I have a quick question because that's great that this uh, they started a brick and mortar business. Do you share with some of these students? Um, I'm not sure I picked it up. Maybe you did. Uh, how to become young entrepreneurs? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do. I do share with them that, and the the focus of that lesson um, in entrepreneurship is understanding mm-hmm. what an entrepreneur does, and mm-hmm. simply put, you you fill a void with a product or a service. Okay. That's all you have to do to be a successful entrepreneur in, in theory. Yes, tons of things you're going to have to do formally and with, you know, paperwork and in a business sense. But if you have an idea that you can actually create a tangible product or service mm-hmm. that actually helps people and brings benefit and value to their life, that's the most challenging part. And we actually... We actually, because we, we do our session in Kansas City, and then we mm-hmm. do remote sessions. And we actually joined uh, the ladies of Delta Sigma Theta in San Diego for one of their mm-hmm. summits uh, a couple of years ago. And we did about an hour and a half workshop mm-hmm. with, I would say, 60 students there. And we mm-hmm. split them into about six groups. And we gave them each each group uh, a limited amount of time to come up with a product, a name. Uh, mm-hmm. They had to choose how they were going to form their company, whether it be uh, an LLC or incorporated or whether they would just become uh, proprietors, okay. mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. things. And then they had to present and market their company to uh, a panel of judges, including myself, uh, at the end for a prize. I think. Oh, I think that's wonderful. You know, Josh, I'm going to give you an opportunity today um, of what you have learned that you would like to pass on to some young men that might be listening to the show, or we may intentionally have them listen to the show. What would you say to them today about what, what you've I w- learned? Um, I just want you to say something to these young men that might be listening and women out there. What would you want to tell them? about the success tools they need to have. Understand that I I really want these young men to understand that failure and shortcomings are part of life, Mm -hmm. but they're only a negative part of life when you do not learn from them. So I think it's very important that they take some calculated risk and some calculated chances. And I don't mean anything silly, but what I mean is 
is if you have the, if you say to yourself, I might be able to do this and this might be able to start a business for me, give it a shot. This, you know, the organization that I founded um, a few years ago, the nonprofit, that wasn't the first business venture that I've ever tried. The first time I ever sold something, you know, was probably eight years old at a yard sale. Then I was, you know, concessions at the park. Then it was CDs at school. It was always something, and there were always ups and downs. But when you try, you have the opportunity to learn. And the sooner you learn, the further along you will get. Thank you so much, Josh, for doing that. And I want to thank you for taking the time today to be on the show and to share your thoughts, your ideas, but more importantly, your transformational journey of how you arrived to where you are today and the importance, too, of having family and having, if not family, mentors and people who plant seeds in your life to let you know that you matter. And I want to say that to all of the young people and and even seniors listening. You do matter. And you can become anything you want to be. But it does take time. It takes courage. And we're going to fail. But you're going to pick yourself up and keep on going. So, Josh, I want to uh, wish you continued success, too, with what you're doing with the students today. Now, are, are you doing this program or planning to bring Bridge to California specifically? Well, right now, um, we're actually transitioning into a more of a curriculum-based mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. And so after mm-hmm. I have, it's a two-part curriculum. One is more on life skills. The other is personal finance. Mm-hmm. So after I have those two curriculum completed, then I will be making those available essentially mm-hmm. internationally. Whatever, whatever community organization, Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Club, YMCA, whoever mm-hmm. wants to use them will have an opportunity to do so. I think that's great. You know, there's one other aspect of you that I really didn't share with the listeners is that, you know, from that early experience of being in the library, uh, being dropped off by your mother and picked up your grandmother, and you had to have a book report, you had to read, you are quite a reader. So, of all the books you've read, what is your favorite book, Josh? (laughs) No, um, I I have become quite a reader. And... Mm -hmm. One of favorite books, geez, that's hard. Um, but one of, one of the books that I read most recently mm-hmm. um, that I really, really enjoyed was a book called Zero to One. Okay. And Z- Zero to One is written by Peter Thiel. He's mm-hmm. one of the founders of PayPal. And the book discusses um, how in order for society and for cultures to move forward and to keep progressing, people have to be creative and they have to explore new ideas. And, Uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, an example, instead of, you know, we, we, people like music. So people listen to music and, you know, you go from a Walkman with a cassette tape to Walkman with a CD. And the way he explains it, that's that's essentially you go from one to one point two. But then that's right. somebody like Steve Jobs comes along and they have an iPod that's all digital, doesn't require anything else. That's when we go from zero to one. And those are the things that change society as we know it. But you can't do that if you're not creative and exploring new ideas and taking chances and risking people telling you that you may be wrong. You know, that's so important because uh, how many people, you know, sort of when people tell you you may be wrong or you're crazy, uh, that they fall backwards and they don't. Do you do you believe that if a person doesn't come forth with their idea to be creative, that our creator involves somebody else who will take it on? I've often thought about oh, that. <laughs> um, you know, that that is a very... <laughs> Very interesting thought, and I think it's absolutely true because our, our creator has a plan, and the things that he wants done will be done. Whether I've often thought us, about that somebody else. because I do believe that we all receive uh, creative ideas. Creativity comes from the creator, and when you're with reticent 
about sharing that and bringing it forth to the world that it passes on to somebody else who will. So that's kind of what yeah. I feel. But anyway, one of, one of the things, Josh, I think you, um, with Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One, I think it's a must read. I'm going to read that one myself. Because what I found too today, do you feel that many people are not reading or they don't find the time to read? Um, I, and I think <laughs> that a lot of people are not, maybe not reading as much. But what do you want to share with people about this in about a minute or less than a minute? <laughs> Uh, well, in less than a minute, I would say this. I I didn't really, I, I read my whole life, didn't develop a love for it until a lot later mm-hmm. on. Um, but reading is so important. Learning is so important. You can never mm-hmm. stop doing the, either. And you don't have to read what I read. You don't have to read what anybody else is reading. But always be reading. Keep your mind fresh. Your brain is a muscle. It needs to be exercised. And that is so true. I hope we will, this country will um, get really focused on reading because I think it's important reading with understanding and helping our young people out there to be able to decipher and realize that reading is going to be an integral part of your life. So I want to say thank you, Josh, for being on the show today. It was great. And for you listeners out there, don't be shy. Send your comments or questions to me at info at transformationforsuccess.com. And as we close the show, I want to thank you. And I want to ask you to make a commitment. All my listeners, say a kind word to someone today or tomorrow. Who you are makes the difference. William James said, the deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be acknowledged. So I wish that you receive the appreciation, respect, and love you deserve because who you are makes the difference. Listen next week as I'll have another dynamic guest for you on Transformation for Success Shell. And this is Dr. Young wishing you a blessed week. And again, Josh, thank you. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.